Hey. <laughs> I forgot about this. Has it been that long? It's been a minute. Welcome back, dude. Welcome back. <laughs> Feels good to be back. It's here. been it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a full year. Dang, a whole three sixty five. Yeah, that's wild, isn't it? That's really wild. I'm gonna turn your volume up just. A... I mean, I can get a little closer too. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Ooh, that's better. Yeah. So, Ooh. a lot has happened in the past year. For those that don't know, um, the last podcast we did. Um, was our COVID podcast. We were talking about our experience with getting COVID at New Year back in 2021. Um, and then life got busy. It did. I know Ellington had a lot of stuff going on in Columbia. And then myself, I had a, my 2021 got incredibly busy. Um, and we'll get into some of that transitions in, in this podcast. But um, yeah, so sorry that we took a year off. Um, if you can't tell, too, that we are in a new space, those of you who are watching, what's up? Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's, before we get into it, um, quick introductions for those of you that haven't been following the podcast before. My name is Thomas Stroud. And I'm Ellington Williams. And this is Life Through the Lens of a Believer. Yep. Um, we normally have Kyrie Clark with us, but he cannot make it today. Um, he will be joining us next time. But before we get into it, I'm going to crack open a drink. We can I said we can do it. We can do it. Nope. Let's, let's crack it up. Also, this <laughs> podcast is not brought to you by Liquid it's, Death, it's but not, <laughs> it's not brought to you by Liquid <laughs> Death. But every other podcast on Earth is. Yes. So we're just yeah. gonna drink Liquid Death and be like other podcasts because why not? That um, was a good pop. I know, wasn't it? That was like a perfect pop for the intro. Yeah, I was. I was. I went to Publix today to pick up groceries and stuff and then got the liquid death and the person checking me checking me out at the end was like I've seen so many people pick up these things what are they and I was like it's just it's just water water just water like what's with the name yeah and I was like I mean death to plastic like, <laughs> but yeah they should have named it plastic death possibly but you know I get it no I, I like liquid death liquid death definitely is better um, when I first saw the can, I was like, is this like a new beer? Like, what right. is well, it's going good. on? It's good for those who are sober and they're at like a party or a bar or whatever. And they don't want to feel left out by just getting like a glass of water. So you get a liquid death and it looks like you have a Miller Lite yeah. or something in your hand. Um, it definitely does. It also tastes yeah. good. It's from the Alps yeah. of Austria. When they're like so cold and fresh out of the fridge i'm like i don't know why this water tastes so good but it's literally the best water i've ever had like no offense to smart water or whatever or anything like that but like this water in this can for some reason when it's like super cold and just fresh out the fridge i'm like man you can't be mm-hmm. so they have a, a sparkling one too that it's not like flavored yeah but it's by far my favorite sparkling mm-hmm. water that's the one that's in the black can wasn't yeah it? yeah yeah. So good. So so good. So good. Well, let's cheers to the first podcast of the year. Yep. To many more as well. Cheers, everybody. Many more. All right. Ooh. Yeah, that's nice and warm. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can just kind of get into an update um of what we have been doing 
over, I guess, 2021, all of 2021, and what 2022 looks like for us individually and us, I guess, business-wise, and mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a precursor to <clears throat> kind of what happened to us in 2021, but good news, I moved to Greenville, South Carolina. And I moved to Greenville, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You go ahead and tell your story of how you got up here, and then I can follow up with my story. Cool. Actually, I was going to ask you to start first because oh, there's some de- yeah, yeah, there's some details that <clears throat> in your story will right. be just crazy and how the Lord works right. for me to be able to make that transition as well. Yeah, that makes more sense. And so, for those of you that do know, I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee for about a year and a half, almost two years, working at an ad agency there. And after the year of 2020, just realized that I needed to be closer to the family and my friends and all of that sort of stuff. So I left that agency and moved to Greenville, um, which is where my parents are from and where I'm from originally, and bought a house up here in a place called Piedmont, which is about 15 minutes outside of Greenville. Um, And I started working for this other agency um, because they recruited me and thought it was gonna be the best play to do it. So I moved my entire life from Chattanooga, Tennessee, back to Greenville. South Carolina and was working for an ad agency and then I guess in May probably right when I bought the house in May, yeah, May. we started talking and I yeah um it's kind of crazy because around that time well let me just <clears throat> let me just back up real quick for y'all um <laughs> when Thomas first moved away from Columbia back in 2016 2017. 2017 is when yeah. you actually moved, right? Yeah, July 2017. Because you graduated in 2016, moved in 17. Well, I was like, you'll be back to South Carolina. Like, you'll be back. I was thinking possibly not be back Columbia. to Columbia. But I was like, you'll be back. He's like, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. So, anyways, hindsight 2020. It's really funny that he's <laughs> actually back. Um, but and My family said the same thing, too. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny. but And I was joking about it, but I'm like, now looking back, maybe that was prophetic. But, um, yeah. yeah, so, anyways, uh, around May – is when you bought the house and you were like, mm-hmm. you know, as soon I feel like right after you bought the house, came up to visit. I was like, dude, I gotta come check out the place. Like we're hanging out right. and all this stuff. And um, you were, you know, obviously saying how like if I ever needed somewhere to stay when I was up here, like there was always a room and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, you know, that's cool. Glad to know that. Love to get come up here and hang out with my boy. So glad he bought a house. It's sick, like grown man stuff, you know, adult adulting. Um, but Anyways, I had, I was previously, if y'all know me, um, I was lead, leading um, worship at my church back in Columbia, um, honestly, since about 2017 when it first started. Yeah, and probably around the wrong time I left Columbia yeah, it is. was when you started leading at that church. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. That's so right, because I remember not having friends. Um, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. I, I definitely have friends, but... You know, when your boys leave, it's a part of you leaves, too. So, anyways, um, I was leading worship up until literally, honestly, this past June. Um, I felt around December of, I guess, would it be 2019? Um, around December of 2019. No, 2020. 2020. 2020. Wow, it's already 2022. That's what's crazy to me. So, yeah. Um, I kind of started to feel a little bit different of a switch. I didn't really know what it was, but got to about, you know, June and 
have felt like the Lord was closing that door and leading me into a different season of life. And I didn't really know this at the time, but a different location as well. Um, I had always felt like Greenville was home to a certain degree as well as Charlotte, which I don't know what Charlotte has for it, us or whatever later on in the future, but mm-hmm. um, Greenville always kind of felt like home. And so literally when I was making the decision to step down from leadership at my church, um, I remember just really being confused and frustrated and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, so I called Thomas and he was like, yeah. So remember that whole thing about having a room and a place for you to stay and all that stuff. I was like, are you serious? Like, so, um, thankfully things worked out really well and I ended up making a move up here back in, what was the end of July, beginning mm-hmm. first week of first of August, first yeah. of August. Um, and I had kind of been moving up some stuff in between that time of stepping down just because I'm like, I want to move my music stuff up just because I'm like, we're going to go after the creative stuff. I just have a right. feeling. And so that was actually more important to me than a bed at the time. But well, we um, had one here. For well, you. That's true. Yeah, yeah that is true. <laughs> but I was like, even clothes though, clothes <laughs> right. wasn't even a thing that I brought first. I was like, nah, get the music stuff up here. Like right. we got to, we got to create, we got to do our thing. So yeah, that's kind of Spartan's version of that transition. Yeah. Which is wild. Um, going from I mean so I've lived by myself since I left Columbia so I moved out of well even in Columbia a little bit um Mm -hmm. I lived by myself as soon as I graduated college I was like I'm gonna get my apartment be by myself just do do my own thing and so this is actually the first time I've had a roommate or a housemate or somebody that I'm living with other than my parents since December 2016 wow yeah Wait. Which is crazy. Really? Yeah. It's like even in when I moved back home to Greenville when I was when I left Columbia for five five or six mm-hmm. months and was hanging out with my mom there. But then when I moved to North Carolina, I was by myself in North Carolina. Yeah. In both apartments there. Chattanooga. Both places there by myself. Yeah. And then oh, right. for here for the first three or four months I was by myself. Um, so having Ellington here now, it's the, it's the first time in almost, it's been over, it's been five years now. Wow. Yeah. Which is wild. Five years post-grad. I feel old, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Real old. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a fun transition. Um, and so get a little bit of background to what I moved up here and to Greenwood to do or down here, um, I was at an agency. I'm not going to mention the name just for whatever. Um, so I was at this agency who originally promised me this one kind of deal of we're going to be doing these broadcast commercials and then some smaller social media videos. And we needed somebody to come in as a senior producer and kind of take over the production department. So that was my intent. And my goal um, and my purpose of moving back to Greenville originally. Um, one thing turns to the other. Um, and that relationship kind of died out. Um, after about three months, I realized this wasn't the, the best place for me creatively and just career-wise. Um, but also, after about six months, I was like, mm, I don't I don't want to be at this agency anymore. Like, And they kind of said one thing, and now they're doing another thing. Um so I started looking at other options, looking at other places. I didn't, I had just bought my house and so I didn't want to just move out of Greenville, but was trying to figure out the best play and what to do um, 
for my career and, and for my life and stuff. And so, um, kind of at that time, I know Ellington and I had been always talking about, like you said, pushing that creative and going, going after music, going after, um, just the creative side of life. And I was joking with Ellington when he first moved in, I was like, if we don't release <laughs> an album or an EP or something <laughs> in the first six months, like we have failed. We did fail. <laughs> we haven't released anything yet. Well, well, <laughs> well uh, not yet. Okay. Not yet. I'm not going to get there. We but... haven't released anything yet. Um, and music and music. Yeah. Um, so we failed on that front, quote unquote, but <laughs> that just, I mean, life, as you guys know, as you become adults and that kind of stuff, life gets in the way of certain things. And so unless you're intentional about your creative side, um, intentional about the things outside of your nine to five, um, they can kind of fall to the wayside. So that's kind of what mm-hmm. happened that, that, that first six to eight months of us living together. Um, but we really had this drive and we had this passion to create work for ourselves. I know many of you guys either that are listening or watching um, know our hearts behind work and behind what we do creatively. And it's, it's difficult to do that for somebody else. It's difficult to be creative and work for somebody else as those in the creative, in the creative world can kind of feel that it's being your own boss. Um, so freeing mm-hmm. and that's been a passion of both of us um for a long time and we decided that all right how can we make this happen what's the what's the plan what's the roadmap um what's the likelihood of of me going freelance full-time is that a route um ellington pursuing producing on the music side full-time and engineering um what does that look like how can we do this um safely and responsibly and from the wisdom of the lord like what's the what's the process and what's the steps to do that Mm -hmm. so we took about i want to say probably two or three months after having that original conversation um to really think through it and pray through it um but yeah we'd love to kind of hear your perspective we want to table that just for a second and build that tension and leave that cliffhanger there of, of our launch we're having in 2022 um, but talk to me about your move up to Greenville, leaving a job that you'd been at for three years, four years almost, <laughs> going to a new city that you knew kind of, right. you'd like visited here. We've gone to certain bars and certain restaurants and hung out at certain people's houses, right, right. but you hadn't made this place your home. So what was, I mean, you moved here. So I guess in August, so I guess six months now you've been here officially six months. That's wild. What has been your first six months in Greenville living here, calling this place your home, um, having our address as on your mailer? <laughs> what has that been like for you? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess it, it goes back to just like when we talk about the job, what I was doing for three to four, actually it was closer to four years pretty much um, right. of working in a church. Um, I had done other things prior to that. Um, obviously I was in college before I, that job. So that was kind of like my first real full-time job once right. I got out of college. But, right. um, I will say that, you know, working in a church, um, as a worship leader or as a leader in general, as your full-time, um, job and like your main source of income, it is very, very, very different than, I hate to say the real world, but than a secular job. That's a better way to put mm. it. 
it's very different. And so, um, you know, especially when you're like, you're the worship leader, like you worry about music, you worry about, you know, coordinating all these different, you know, worship events and all these different things. Like it's, that's like what you do, like right. you doing quiet time and, you know, coming up with set lists and all that stuff. That's your job. Like that's part of your job. So it mm-hmm. is very different, um, which, you know, segwaying into the transition moving here. When I came here, the first job that I actually, you know, that I got and applied for um, was in retail. And so for those of you who don't know, I work at Lululemon um, as a part time thing. But transitioning into that work field as opposed to like the church is different. Like it's so it's so what was the what was the biggest i guess surprise moving from that place where to your point you had one boss Mm -hmm. you had your full day of work on sunday and then monday through saturday was like you said building set lists your quiet times meeting with individuals from the church but like would you say you had like a normal nine to five? Oh no! Right? Not not with the church. No, I mean even though the time was about the same. Sure, yet, sure, sure. No, it wasn't the normal thing. Mostly because, like you said, having I mean a lot of people ended up having to do this in 2020 because of COVID. But working from home, right? When you're working in retail, you're not you're around people, <laughs> like all day. You're around people all day, and and honestly, in the retail world, and obviously, in a lot of people compared to the service industry. Um, mm. there's a lot of different personalities, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people <laughs> with a lot of personality. And it's like, if I'm, you know, at the church and I'm in my office and I'm working on just music, I'm not, I don't deal with that, you know? And right. so for four years, almost at a time, the only other person that I would really be having meetings with outside of, you know, like maybe a few people for the worship team and stuff like that is like the pastor, which is my boss. Hmm. And so, you know, stepping into a world where it's like, it's a lot more fast paced. It's a lot more, um, you know, I guess it's, it's just a lot more that goes into it mentally. I'll say with Hmm. having to, you know, work with other people, um, you know, and obviously it's a secular job. So you got people talking to you all kind of ways. You know, it's not <laughs> the the amount of people that are offering to pray for you is very few in comparison Zero. to what it is when you're working at a church. Um, and so, you know, going back to that is um, it, I hate to say this, but like. It almost felt like I stepped out of a bubble. Mm. Um, it's almost like I stepped out of this protective little bubble coming out of a church and then working in a secular job. Um, not saying that I wasn't protected by the Lord in the secular job, but it's just different. Um, for sure in those ways so um yeah it's i think moving up here getting that job switching in then also trying to make greenville home so like you said before thomas mm-hmm. was saying like yeah we would go to different places where we go to you know little little lounges or little bars or restaurants and stuff when we come to hang out and all that stuff which is you know a year ago if y'all remember we got covid during new year's we were going to some of our favorite places at that time, but, um, well, not Thomas' favorite place. <laughs> I take that back. Uh, a place that he despises, but <laughs> I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, but anyways, um, coming up here and then making Greenville home for me, where it's like in Columbia, it's like, oh, this is one of my favorite coffee shops. Right. This is where I go all the time. Or this is one of our restaurants. Like when I was helping, 
Kyrie with the vintage a good bit when we were doing those events. It's like, okay, after our event, we would go to Cantina right across the street. So, like, those were, it was, like, this routine. It was this norm of, like, things I knew. Like, when I'm mm-hmm. in Columbia, I know all the back roads, you know, because that's right. where I'm from. Um, now getting up here and then transitioning to all that of, like, okay, what are some back roads that are going to help me get to work a little bit faster? Or what are some, like, it's just small things we don't really think about a lot. Yeah. Until you're, like, oh, well, I remember the, like, if I knew that this road was going to have traffic on this time, I knew in Columbia, oh, I could take this back road and I can, boom. You know, they, they mm-hmm. pick on me like, oh, you're, he's the human GPS. But it's like, that's because I know that place. Right. You know, and then coming here and then having to learn and know this place. It's a transition. For you sure. Know? It's challenging, but it's, it's pretty fun. So. Yeah, I remember. So I haven't really been back. I mean, when I moved back after college, like I said, it was only for six months. And so I didn't really consider myself moving back. It was a it was an in-between time for mm-hmm. me. It wasn't. um I wasn't moving back home to start my career. So I haven't really been back in like eight years um, to Greenville. And so it's a completely different city mm-hmm. from when I was here. Like I went, I grew up here, was born in Florence and then moved to Chicago and then moved back to South Carolina and to Greenville or Greer and then moved to whatever. <laughs> so like, I, but I still consider like Greenville home. Like this is where I grew up, was here for 15 years and then left. And when I left my senior year of high school, there was still a curfew downtown. Yeah. So if you were under 18, I believe, maybe in 16, either way, nighttime downtown Greenville was not the place to be because it was Mm -hmm. like sketchy. It was not like the cleanest place. um, And there wasn't like a nightlife, especially for high schoolers. Like it Mm -hmm. wasn't a place where you would go to like have fun um, unless you were like an adult like going out to dinner or like whatever it was so fast forward now eight years the city has drastically changed um, in the best way so like some of the best coffee shops and I would say in the, the country if not at the southeast um, are here in Greenville some of the best restaurants are here in Greenville some of the best bars and, and, and places where you can have a post-grad adult lounge cocktail hour like some of the best places are in Greenville in my Mm -hmm. opinion Um, from what I've seen at least so when you talk about finding those back roads I don't even know those (laughs) especially now on this side of town like when I grew up here I was on the opposite side of Greenville Mm -hmm. so like 45 minutes from where I live now where we live now is where my parents are and so I don't know this side of town. I don't know this side of 85. Um, so I'm still learning. I'm still yeah. learning what's the what's the fastest way to get here, here and there. And jokingly, I still use my GPS every now and then <laughs> to go to certain places because I don't know the fastest route um, <clears throat> to downtown. But yeah, it's uh, it's almost like we were both learning Greenville for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which was a great thing. Like I, I had thought moving back here, like this was a, I don't know. You, you have like this feeling of like moving back to your hometown. Yeah. And it's in my opinion, I was, I don't know if it was a prideful thing or, or what, but I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to move back home. Didn't want to move back to the town I grew up in the place I went to high school. Like I didn't want to see people from high school. Then didn't enjoy people from high school. Sorry if you're listening. But um, <laughs> it just wasn't like that. 
I didn't want that. Um, surprisingly, though, like I don't see people from high school. Yeah. Well, it's because you don't go to Connolly's. <laughs> Facts. You will just never find me there. That, that's um, funny, but slightly true. Slightly true. Um, <laughs> so it's it's just it's just interesting. Like I'm I'm learning that oh you can be like Greenville is still I would say a small city to an extent compared to like to Atlanta, um, but it's big enough to where you can still see new people every single day. Yeah. Um, which was very refreshing for me um, and kind of comforting for me moving back to a city where I was like, I don't, I kind of know it, but I don't know it. Um, it's so different now than what it was in high school, which is as a, a growing city should be. Um, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So you mentioned um, a little bit about, transition from there um we'll cut this out obviously where do you want to go to next <laughs> i don't know i feel like this is we will not have to cut this out i think it's cool keeping it in here this is just, that's fair it's cool keeping it in here uh the, the goofy parts of podcasting with no script <laughs> that's true that's the thing like i i love podcasts um i as Ellen may attest to it. Like I will listen to podcasts every <laughs> single morning when I wake up. I'll put it on and I'm make breakfast and I'm just mm-hmm. listening to podcasts. Normally they're comedy podcasts, and so it's just two or three comedians that just talk reckless for two hours, yeah. and I find it hilarious. There's no research there, <laughs> unless you're like Joe Rogan, who's interviewing like scientists, yeah. and there's like research, obviously, right, right, but or some other educational podcast. Um, we don't do that. <laughs> right. This, right. Is, this is a platform where we're just like a free flow conversation. Like I remember like two or three people asked us today, um, what's your podcast about? Oh, it's just about life. Yeah. It's just a life update. Life update. And these podcasts are, yeah, they may have a theme every now and then where we'll talk about like either the gym or values or whatever. Um, dating. Dating. <laughs> that was like, a good one. Thank y'all for listening, by the way, to that one. That one got a lot of. Yeah, get some good traction. Yeah, good traction. There will be a part two. Yes. Um, things that we have even learned from yeah. the last podcast. Yeah. So, like, I think that's also very important, too, to, to mention and to, to encourage the people is that we're constantly growing. Constantly. As, as yeah. humans. Um, and not even, not, not redefining, but learning from each person particular part of life and because I've for, for so long and this is coming probably a prelude to to that podcast but for so long I thought this one way about dating whether it was right or wrong it, it, just the way I thought mm-hmm. um and even that shifted for me yeah. that mindset of of what that looks like and the mindset of how to put myself out there whatever it is that has now shifted in the past year mm-hmm. how we've grown and how we've gotten over things and how we view certain parts of relationships, how we view certain way we talk to people and relationships mm-hmm. or whatever it is, that has shifted because we grow, because we learn, because we listen to those that listen and gave comments and feedback. Thank you. Um, we hear that and we're going to grow from that and listen to it and kind of hear right. the perspective. So that's the, the precursor. Right. Where I can get yeah, into that. That's we not can this get podcast. Deep into that. Yeah. But to mm-hmm. your point, you were saying about like this is about life. This right. is about 
Right. You know, obviously we say life through the lens of a believer because we are believers. And even though it says through the lens of a believer, we do make mistakes and we do learn from them. And well, we talk the best of our ability. Um, (laughs) We, you know, strive to humble ourselves to learn from those mistakes and grow. And so even in the little glitches on the podcast where it's like, oh, should we cut? Like, nah, like we're leaving that in because it's like, and I think that we should, you know, um, Mm -hmm. in in life, because that's a part of the journey. That's a part of like the imperfections are a part of the the complex of how God sees us as perfect, Hmm. if that makes sense. And so um, anyways, I like to his point about this is life. This is certain things that we're you know, going through and transitions in, in the journey from last year till now, like there's a lot that has happened. Right. Um, and these podcasts would probably be three hours long if we did sit there and talk about almost every detail, um, of them. But I did want to, you know, you were talking about transitioning up Mm -hmm. here. Um, and I will say that one of the things that I felt was a life hack in, um, that I realized was getting out of my hometown. So um, in the sense of when you're in your hometown for so long and you did this before I did because you left, you went to Winston, then you went to Chattanooga, you know, so me being from Lexington, Columbia area, knowing everything pretty much about it and all that stuff, there are so many areas of complacency that can happen Mm. staying in your hometown. And I felt like that's where I was at a certain point, you know, after I graduated college and all that stuff. Right. Um, you I mean the people that you're around, you see the same people, mm. you know, you, you see the same people you're around, you go to the coffee shop over time, you're going to end up seeing the same people over and over at the coffee shop. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. You that know, barista these, knows your name. They know your it, order. They know your order. Yeah. Like the Waffle House down the street from my house in, in Lexington. Like I could go there at <laughs> night, <laughs> but seriously, like. I would go there at night, and this guy said that would work there. He'd be like, "You want you want the the one or the two? Like we had it down. The one was a specific order, and the two was a specific order. And I would get one of those two each time I would go. And he just knew it. What's what's the one? What's the two? so the one was the um, Texas bacon patty melt, double the patty, triple the plate. Lord, yes, that was the one. And then the two was the sausage egg and cheese hash brown bowl, three extra eggs. With grilled onions and light gravy on top. Oh, you two thirty. With a side. <laughs> yes, and I've gained weight since the to- last time we did a podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like it's a good weight. It doesn't look. It doesn't look sloppy. It, it, I mean, anyways, teachers on. But yeah, that was my. Those was like my two orders. Oh, I would add toast on the, on the two just the carbs. Yeah, because the carbs, and I'm like, get some, give me some apple butter, bro. Like. But it's it's one of those things that like <laughs> when you yeah we were I was eating eating when I would go there but it's it's to the point of like so many things can become routine and so many things you can mm-hmm. just find yourself doing the same thing being around the same people but when I moved up here I ended up having even though I had friends up here already and family mm-hmm. up here I ended up meeting a whole new demographic of people I right. ended up meeting you know some of our good friends now that like. I met them in the gym and they're creatives and they're very encouraging mm-hmm. and they're on the same kind of path as us with things that we desire to do with our careers and with our creative abilities. But that happened because of stepping out and going to right. a location or going even to a place that I was the unfamiliar person. 
you know, like I'm stepping into somebody else's area where like they already have their friends, but now I'm making friends with new people mm-hmm. or I'm meeting meeting random people at like a brewery and they're people who work for Fortune 500 countries. I mean, companies like things that just help accelerate, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, when you step out of the norm and you go to a new place, you know? Yeah. And that's the, I think the biggest thing that I have learned as as we get older and as you get into uh, careers and you get into to actual life and stuff, people ask, how do you get new leads? How do you get new jobs? How do you get whatever? All of it's networking. So exactly what you're talking yeah. about in, in regards to meeting people and meeting friends and it's networking. Um, whether you want to view that like meeting friends at the gym is networking, it is. Like you're not using them, obviously. Um like your own capital gain but like it is networking mm-hmm. um so it's it's just interesting to to see like for those of you that are watching like we have this we have this hoodie that i guess we can go into to this conversation now um that says can we just be decent human beings can we be decent human beings like that's the that's the that's what we're asking um, but when it comes to networking, like the best people are the decent, decent. ones, <laughs> decent. <laughs> the, the ones, yeah. the ones that can be just decent, like saying hello, mm-hmm. shaking your hand, looking you in the eye, introducing yourselves, remembering that person's name, saying hello to them the next time they go to the gym, the next time you're at that same brewery or bar or restaurant or whatever it is, the decency of that, you have a connection immediately mm-hmm. and yeah, you never know. You never know what that's going to lead to. Whether that's like, oh, this person runs a videography business. Oh, this person runs a fitness business with their personal training. Or this person works at this engineering company and they're designing these tools and stuff that's for, again, like you said, Fortune 500 companies. Like, you never know who you meet. So just be just be decent. Right. Yeah. Is just that, be decent. <laughs> at the, the bare minimum. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> decency is just decency is the minimum yeah um you build from there yeah and that's like i think that's the, the foundation of of good community and good relationships with people um is just being decent with each other and so going into now what me and ellington are doing professionally and and our i would say further career now we have we have launched this multimedia marketing kind of management company um not a not an mlm not a <laughs> not, not, not yeah. like a multi-level marketing company um but a a media management agency and company where we represent and work with artists and people from all back kind of backgrounds and mm-hmm. so um for those of you that saw the launch last week um, Kings and Queens Productions is now our LLC, our company that we are running all of the things out of. This podcast will be under the Kings and Queens Productions um, as one of the productions instead of uh, that company. Um, the name will stay the same. Right. Life through the lens of the believer. It may sound different because we have better mics. It may look different because we had a better set. We have better cameras and lights and all this kind of stuff. We're just upping the production quality of of this stuff um, mm-hmm. because we're committing to it because we're investing 
in ourselves. We're investing in our own company. Um, and so I guess Kings and Queens um, productions as, as a whole, um, we have a couple different facets of that agency or of that, of that company. Um, and so I'll let you talk about the music side of it um, sure. and what you're doing now coming from worship leading, coming from songwriting, beat making from the yeah. rudimentary stages years and years ago. <laughs> Dang, that's super crazy now you say that. That did start. On an iPad. Dude, that started literally a decade ago. When I first started making beats was a decade on an iPad my senior year in high school. So, That's yes, wild. that lets y'all know that I graduated in 2012. <laughs> but Yo, your high school music yes. coming out this year. <laughs> yes, Yo. it is, which is insane to even think about. Um, but, yeah. You going back? I might go back, but I don't I don't know. I'm, I don't even know where the invite is. I don't know where it's supposed to be. Somebody needs to figure that out on Facebook. Probably on Facebook, or, yeah. But then that's the other thing. I don't even go on Facebook. So, it's like I'd have to go through and dig through. Right. Or type in Lexington or some, or hit somebody up that I do know that's still maybe. They probably know. add you to the group, I think. Yeah, just look at groups or something like that. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Either way. So. <laughs> so taking this tenure journey. Yeah. You made this LLC. We have this company now. Talk to me about what your role is at Kings and Queens Productions and your specialty and kind mm. of what we're doing now. Yeah, so um, pretty much my specialty is, like Thomas said, in the music side of things. So um, whether that it goes from just producing in general uh, to beat making to creating our own projects, um, which I'm going to leave that alone right now because so, I know you're, yeah, I don't well, know if you want to release that. Not yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> but So we'll, so tell me about, I know producing from commercials and video right. production um, and photography side, what does producing on the music side, what does that look like? What does that entail? I know like there, there are tags and there are things that mm -hmm. produce by like, but what does, what does yeah. producing music mean? Um, what does that entail? Just kind of give some light to that. Yeah. So, um, that's fun. I love this kind of stuff. I, I nerd out about this, but producing, um, and I've listened to podcasts and all these kind of different things and watched YouTube videos galore, but, um, there's a difference between a producer and a beat maker. Um, mm. It's a huge difference. I think a beat maker, anybody can really be a beat maker. I, honestly, anybody can be a producer, but they have to understand the difference between the two. Um, first off, for a producer, a producer takes different elements. Let's say you have a singer. Um, the best way I can describe mm. this is, let's say we take a singer, the main lead singer, and let's say they've written some lyrics so now from a producer's point i'm my goal is to help work with that artist to create their idea so now it means them coming in me recording them while they're doing things or even hearing how they say a phrase it, it gets it can get very like very definitive like down to the point where, like if somebody says a phrase one way and i'm like hey let's Let's uh, slow that down a little bit or let's enunciate this word a little bit. This is let's convey this feeling or emotion through the the tone of your voice as opposed to like maybe just the words, you mm -hmm. know, 
Um, so I'm taking all these different elements, instrumentation, I'm mapping out a song, I'm maybe even bringing in um, other noises or other things that I feel like would help convey what the artist wants to convey through their song. Um, and so it's really bringing production for me in this sense is bringing the idea of that an artist may come to me or even my own ideas to life as a grand, like as a whole story. Um, but yeah, that, that to me, I feel like is producing, which now goes to my question with you. What do you yeah. feel may be different or very similar in the same way for, uh, you know, videography or even photography kind of? Yeah. So I, I call myself and my quote unquote job title, um, before Kings and Queens productions and still now too, um, is a producer and working with commercials and, and ad agencies and marketing companies. The colloquial phrase um, is somebody who gets stuff done. Mm. So my entire job as a producer is to make sure it happens. So whatever a fast that looks like, if there needs a location permit, it's my job to make sure that happens. Mm. If we need to hire a crew, it's my job to make sure we hire the right crew. Um, <clears throat> so it's probably similar, but similar to what music production is. Um, but I, I work with a creative director and, and writers and agencies from the start of an idea and I see it through until the delivery of that product, until it goes on TV mm -hmm. or goes on the web or wherever it ends up. Um, I oversee all of that production and make sure we're hitting and following through on the creative vision from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And so that means hiring the right director to make sure that happens. Hiring the right DP to make sure that the person shooting this and lighting this knows exactly the tone and intonation yeah. and the vision and how to make sure we get there. Um, scheduling it out mm -hmm. is the biggest thing. Time management um, that we're continually learning is as a producer, I'm making the day of schedules. I am planning out, all right, it's a two-day shoot. All right, if it's a two-day shoot, it's probably two 12-hour days. Could this be a three-day shoot? And we're a little bit more flexible on the days and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So making those decisions, um, all encompassing with money in mind. Um, so a lot of what I do is manage the financials of a video production. That's coming up with an estimate um, for a project. So for instance, a company, we'll just say Liquid Death because they're in front of us. Um, and they used to be a client of mine. Um, say they want an idea and say the idea is this new commercial. It's my job to understand what the ask is from the creative director and from the ad agency. Take that, put a number to it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, it's going to make, it's going to cost $250,000 to make sure this happens. And what that is, is probably a two day shoot with a relatively small to mid sized crew of about maybe 20 to 30 people. It's going to be in a studio or it's going to be on location. It's going to be shot here, here, and here. This is who's going to direct it. This is who's going to shoot it. This is who's going to edit it, who's going to color it. And really seeing the process from final script approval to shooting days to once you get to the editing side, make sure all the invoices are paid. And then once it's edited, that it still originally goes back to the original concept that we're all agreed upon on the client side and on the production side or the, the agency side. 
so that's what that's what I do as a producer. Um, very similar to an extent on the music side. It's mm-hmm. ultimately it's making sure the vision of the person who's hiring me comes to life. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, whether that's bringing in gravel sounds as a shaker, as opposed to just having a hi hat hit. Mm-hmm. You creatively knowing, oh, I know, I know what you're going for. Right. I know I can create this with this aspect. On my side, I know what you're going for. Let me hire a gaffer. Right. Who knows how to create light and manipulate light to create the certain effect and the certain shadow or whatever it is. It's my job to make sure I'm hiring the right people. It's your job to make sure you're using the right sounds and the right instrumentation mm-hmm. and even hiring the right musicians. Musicians, yeah. I, w- I was about to say the, the similarity, mine is, I feel like is more, when it comes down to production as, um, or a pro- music producer, more of, more so than not, I feel like it's more digital. So everything that is happening, I'm doing it through a computer base. Now with Thomas, he's a lot more hands-on with individuals. Now with that being said, I believe that like, you having the right DP, the right grip, the right lighting guy, the right, right. all these different people, those are the instruments. Oh, for sure. Th- those for are the sure. instruments. So it's like, okay, for let's say a hook of a song, I know that I want this electric guitar sound to come through here, mm-hmm. or I want this little solo at this point. So what I'm doing with the instruments, Thomas is doing the exact same thing with the people, with people. Yeah. knowing where they need to be, what they're supposed to do, and honestly getting the best of the best to yeah. get that job done. Um, and to his point, like there'll be songs where I'm like, okay, I can pray to play this guitar part, but I know somebody way better right. that is going to really, really kill this. So my job is to get that person in to record that part or to get a pianist in to record that part as opposed to me yeah. just like dabbling and making it, you know, th- if that makes sense. And that's so. that. And I, I told this to somebody else because this day and age, the content creator person, Jack of all trades, one who does shoot and edit everything themselves. That's very high. Um, and, and number many people do that. And that's fine. Love that. Create art. Please go after it. Um, as a producer, if you're a music producer out there and you're the one producing and rapping and releasing and doing all that kind of stuff yourself, I know you're tired, so I'm praying for you. <laughs> um, that's you great. Keep tired. doing that. <laughs> but hiring that person, getting an extra PA, getting an extra grip, getting an extra swing or having this craft service or an extra hair and makeup assistant that's those five to 10% things that can elevate a production on the video production side on the music side. Yeah. You can play it rudimentarily. Mm-hmm. You can bring in some stock drums, <laughs> which don't which, sound good. <laughs> yeah. Um, or to make that five to 10% better. Can you pay a session musician six fifty a day? To come in and record a track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. It, and yeah. That, if that you have the means it. to do right. that too. Right. Like at certain levels, you got it. Like when I first started making beats, I guess technically I was just a beat maker because I was just working on the iPad. Like I couldn't do anything but stock drums mm-hmm. because 
first of all, I didn't even know the software enough to know that I could grab drums or different sounds that weren't right. on the software right. um, originally. And so it's like you start at a certain place, but the goal as we are stepping mm-hmm. more into is to, okay, we know somebody else that can do this and do this well. Let's pay this person to Again, make this networking. even better. Right. Yeah. It's the networking aspect. And a lot of times the some of the coolest relationships that come from networking are the ones where you go into it and you weren't trying to figure out what that person did. <laughs> You were just trying to get to know that person. Oh, for sure. Now, there are also great opportunities where you can go to, you know, um, like events or um, whatever. What's it called? Like conferences and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, specifically to network. But it's just really cool how a lot of the networking and the things I'll even just say, like, the Lord has done. And like, he's just been so faithful. And it's like, hey, like, you're going to go work out. Be a decent human being. This guy actually does video stuff for Mm people that are in the NFL or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Just like right. using that as an example or whatever. And so, you know, networking is huge, but yeah. Yeah. So other than beat making and producing music, um, what, what, what else is your role at Kings and Queens productions? Mm-hmm. What are you tackling? Um, what other side of the music are you kind of heading up and what else are we doing on the music side? Yeah. So, um, like we said before, I'll be dropping some personal projects as well. Um, instrumental projects. I really feel like there's going to be a huge focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I don't mind writing songs. I'm not necessarily the best at writing songs, but lyrically, lyric, yeah, lyrically. Right. Um, but composing songs and creating things that feel very mm. um, orchestral or melodic or just things that people can just listen to um, and feel emotion and you know mm. have that. Those are things we're releasing, um, working with artists. Um, I'm actually working with um, a wonderful artist, an old friend of mine that I've known literally since kindergarten. Um, but we are working on a, a project for her to release within this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been doing recording as well. Um, but we are also planning other things in the near future once we figure out scheduling. And with this whole COVID stuff, we know that there are you know, a lot of setbacks with um, just public you know gatherings and stuff like that to a large capacity but um just many ideas about doing pop-up concerts and um different locations and stuff like that whether they're like house concerts or Mm. um just jam sessions with different people that we know love to do music and come together and then we would just have people come by and have a show a live show of Mm. a jam session you know um to that degree but yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like right now those are like the main few focuses, um, and obviously working with you to release <laughs> your own music under, you know, your. Uh... Yeah, this. I, so <laughs> we, I've been a musician for the majority of my life in some capacity. Um, from second grade and I was in choir and whatever. Um, going into high school, started playing guitar and got into some bands there. Always have wanted to release my own music. Never officially made that step to do it. Kind of like Ellington, it's difficult for me lyrically to write songs. And so this year I am putting it out there as a goal to, to start releasing music and start intentionally writing music. Um, for mass consumption or for um, 
the public. So be on the lookout. That's going to happen. When that does happen, we'll release all the information for that. Um, but yeah, to you, to what you were talking about with, with working with these musicians and artists, um, a part of what Kings and Queens really wants to do is build that relationship with these musicians and with these artists um, and give them an outlet um, to put that to put that art forward. I know everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people hear about the industry and how it's kind of jaded. And you guys were even seeing Taylor Swift re-recording her entire album, remastering all mm-hmm. the stuff because of a bad deal that happened when she was younger. Um, and what the heart behind Kings and Queens Productions is like we we're artists first. Um, Mm -hmm. and so working with the artist from the very beginning to your point as a producer, how can we make your vision come to life? Um, and helping out in all of that process, like me from my advertising background, what's the best campaign we can do to push your album? Um, what's the best campaign? What's the best strategy on the social media side? Um, giving those insights and tips, um, to these artists, maybe even doing that for them as well and having a team of people behind them um, if they want and and can and can pay us to do that kind of stuff. Like, we're, we're happy to do mm-hmm. that. And so it's not, like, Kings and Queens Productions is not just a recording studio with a producer. It's a relationship and a partnership um, and a label. So we're coming mm-hmm. in and we're working with, like you said, working with this one artist who has... Know, probably 12 songs she, she, at least she got a whole this like catalog, catalog. Yeah. of songs <laughs> yeah. from i mean years upon years of just using her different writing yeah. so um, um and so we're, yeah. we're we're working on that and we're trying to figure out what's that what's the single mm-hmm. out of out of this list of we'll say 10 to 12 songs um what's the single out of out of that list um mm-hmm. you've been playing it on acoustic your entire life what can we add to that? Right. What drum pattern can we add to it? What orchestral pattern can we add to it? What what does what does adding the cello to this do emotionally to the song? Mm-hmm. Um, really being a partner in in creating this art and creating this content um, for these people, and also going into now what I do in my specialty, um, doing photos and videos for these people, mm-hmm. and so it's creating the content not only for their album art but for these promotional pieces, um, helping them out with social media strategy um, on either TikTok or Instagram, or I don't, I don't know if you do stuff on Twitter. Um, I don't have a Twitter. I don't either. Um, I don't, do, well, I have a, an account, but I, I'm I never on idea. it. I have no idea when Twitter works. <laughs> <laughs> How it works. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but mainly focusing on TikTok and Instagram because those two platforms that, that we know and, and operate kind of really well in. Um, and also on, on YouTube and what does a music video look like? How can how can we direct and, and produce a music video for you um, if that's something that you, you want and can afford? Um, and so that's the music side of, of Kings and yeah. Queens Productions. Um, it's Again, we can do each part of that facet each part of that that um, that umbrella of music, whether if you just want an engineer to just come in and record, we can pull up a session and just record that session for you and you pay a session fee right. and that's it. If you want to Ellington or one of our other producers to come in and produce a track for you, 
by all means, we can do that for you as well. If you want to sign to us and be one of our artists under our mm-hmm. label, we can do that. If you want us to run your entire ad campaign for, for these albums and for these releases, we have that capability as well. So we have that full breakout for, for music and music production. Now, what else do we do? We have a whole other section um, that is something that Ellen and I have been a part of kind of indirectly and indirectly for a lot of our lives. Um, mainly, I guess probably the past three or four years, maybe five years, mm-hmm. um, is modeling and acting. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I have dealt with directly um, as a video producer is all right, I got to get models. I got to get actors for these commercials. Um, and a handful of occasions I'm hiring and calling Ellington <laughs> because he's done stuff for Carolina Panthers. He's done stuff for um, South Carolina Gamecocks. He's done things for other fitness brand companies. And now when I hired him to do some stuff for commercials, he's done things for a Crescent Tools and some other big companies, um, all as an unsigned talent, unsigned model, unsigned actor, um, and working with agencies that I've that I've been a part of um, and in, in communication with. I've seen some deals go bad. I've seen a lot of models get ridiculed for their size and and be forced into a mm-hmm. certain box, and Again, we want to meet people where they are and understand that there is an avenue and a facet for everybody. Um, again, being decent human beings, like we're all humans and we have our own body types and we have like, I'm not going to make you lose 20 to 30 pounds because that's what Fit Runway is. Right. Um, when I'm making commercials, I want real people. I don't want somebody who is 5'9", but weighs 100 pounds. Like, right. uh, like that's not what you want in a commercial. And understanding that from a producer's side and what I'm looking for in commercials, I want to parlay that, and we want to parlay that into representing these models and talent um, and actors and giving them a platform to mm-hmm. to work and, and work with brands and work in commercials um, and really give exposure to those kind of people. So that's what we're both a part of. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of know a little bit more on the hiring side just because that's what I've done for five years. Um, but that's the other side of, of Kings and Queens Productions is that is that modeling and acting um, agency. So we have a photography studio um, that we do headshots and, and kind of coaching in some classes with, with how to model. Um, we work with with advertising agency partners um, and other other recruitment agencies and, and brands to, to give them like hey this is who we are we have a list of, of people under under kings and queens productions mm-hmm. um it's like talent management exactly you know um so coming up with with deals um making sure again that the artists and the talent and the models and the actors are first and foremost yep. um that's our goal and and all of this <laughs> camera shut off the joys of podcasting um, <laughs> and the third I guess tier um, the third side of of Kings and Queens Productions is the, is the, the merch line that we oh. talked about earlier 
Um, Decent Human Beings is our first brand launch um, that we're working with. And DHB is, is that colloquial, I guess, acronym um, that stands for Decent Human Beings. And do you want to kind of give the heart behind DHB? Um, yeah. We have, we're going to do a video dropping next, next month um, or in a couple of weeks or so. Um, that kind of goes into this a bit more detail, but give me an overarching um, kind of story behind DHB and kind of where it stemmed from, um, and then we can talk about the launches coming up soon. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so, man, where do I begin? Um, 2020, that's where we'll start. Mm-hmm. So, if y'all have heard some of the things that we've dealt with um, in previous podcasts last year, um, we touched a little bit on the racial injustice and different things that we were dealing with in our, you know, church communities and stuff like that. Um, the division in the country that was happening because of, you know, COVID and everything just being a political issue um, just created a lot of division, a lot of frustrations, a lot of, um, I'll just say a lot of pain um, in our country as well as just individually um so much changed during that year and i felt like there was always i was always finding myself in interesting scenarios where there was always some kind of argument about something some kind of like oh well you are you uh, this political party or this political party or are you mm-hmm. for blm or black lives matter or are you not or are you whatever and I feel like with all the division that happened in our country, it complicated the simplicity of just being a decent human being. Mm. And I would just have a lot of conversations with my friends and I just remember this term constantly coming up. Or if I would have a conversation with a new person, because at that time, and I still am, but it was just something happened in our country and, you know, well, the racial injustice happened and I really was super, super on fire um, at that moment, it felt like to stand out and just talk about what was going on. And um, like I said, I'm very, very, very um, passionate about this as well. But that was like that spark. That was like that big, like, all right, we got, something needs to be taken yeah. care of here. And so I found myself having conversations with people and my friends. And I was just, you know, that term would come. I'm like, I really don't understand why everything is so difficult. Can we not just be decent human beings? Um, like decent is not hard to achieve. Like, you know, it's not saying that we stop at being decent human beings, but at the very least, can we dumb it back down and just be decent human beings? Can we just love people? Can we, you know, be humble? Can we be willing to listen? All these different attributes that embody being a decent human being. I was just constantly bringing that up and, um, ended up having a conversation with Kyrie and Thomas about, what would it look like for us to be able to start maybe a sweatshirt company or a t-shirt company where we have this logo, can we be decent human beings or something like that? Um, And so that, with those ideas and with, um, you know, Thomas being so supportive with everything that was going on as well, whether it be in the church or, you know, us having constant conversations about the, the virus or whatever it is that was just causing so much division, Thomas, you know, being the person that makes things come to life in so many aspects. I was like, all right, let's just design it, like, Mm -hmm. and design the the logo for it and all these things. And so we went back and forth and, you know, the first drop was on the black hoodie, um, which 
I don't have in my possession currently been. right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because a special someone in my life actually has it. But that's another topic for another day. Do not hit my email or my IG asking me questions about it. But anyways. <laughs> Anyways, that sweatshirt just had the gray. I was going to ask, why aren't you wearing the black one? <laughs> That's why. That's why. And anyways, she has it. So. She has it. Yeah. She's repping it. Yeah, it's on her IG profile. It is on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's this. It's the one I have currently. Yeah. I'm wearing the white one with black lettering. The other one is black with white lettering. Yeah. There are other colors um, on the website. Right. That will link to. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I thought about it. I was like, I could wear the white one here because I have that one, but I feel like, you know, we just. Anyways, this is <laughs> what we decided to um, to rep and to create um, as just a simple question yeah. because I feel like a lot of times you can go into a conversation one or two ways I believe you can go in with a demanding statement or you can go in with a question that invites somebody to now think right so when we're asking these questions I'm not saying every sweatshirt that we have we got a couple cool ideas coming I can't disclose that information with y'all right mm-hmm. now but um just from my perspective obviously I'm, I want to hear everything that you know you have to say about it as well but right. with the question can we be decent human beings um, just from wearing that sweatshirt out a couple of times, I've had people like, oh, dang, like, you're yep. right, can we? Yep. And it and it and it's not a, like, you need to be a decent human being. It's more like, can we just be decent human beings? And then it invites somebody into the opportunity of what does that look like for myself? Or what does that look like for mm-hmm. my friends or my family or my coworkers or whatever? And so it's wearing that as a way to get people to think a little bit deeper, but also understand that it's not that difficult um it's something that i've had conversations with people and they're like wow like yeah you're right can we just be decent human beings i feel like you know this world's just gotten so crazy and i'm like yeah because we've overcomplicated the simplicity of i'm a human and you're a human Mm. um you know and just anyways that's those are my thoughts on it and (laughs) i could probably preach a sermon about it but um, just to you know, there will be a short. video yeah, right. coming out that explains the heart behind DHB, mm-hmm. um, specifically and the the launch of it all officially happened January third, mm-hmm. um, but we'll release a video and kind of some branding and and just a, the story behind it all, um, coming up very soon. Yeah. So look out on on Instagram on both our personal Instagrams. Um, what's your personal Instagram? <laughs> uh, life of underscore L or E L. Just type that in. Yeah, and I'll I'll link to that as well at my Instagram um, underscore Thomas Stroud underscore. Um, but also follow the page of DHB, which is just DHB underscore clothing. Um, and then we'll also link to that again right. on the Kings and Queens Productions. Yep. Instagram, which is Kings and Queens Pro. Um, yeah, yeah. There's just a there's just a lot more that we could go into um, with DHB. We we feel like this brand specifically under Kings and Queens Productions has a lot of legs to it. Um, there's passions that we have mm-hmm. outside of just clothing that we'll go into in that video. So be on the lookout for that. Um, <clears throat> 
But yeah, so that's that's kind of our life update. Um, Wait, we wanted to do one. that. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. I would ask you to tell them where Kings and Queens came from. Right. Okay. Because yeah, obviously Kings and Queens. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. cool, but it's cooler than just cool with the name. Yeah. So the name Kings and Queens. Um, I don't know if you even know this whole story, but in college, um, I. I wanted to start a recording studio. I, re- I wanted to record, start a, a music studio um, and was talking with a couple friends of mine. Um, we were all led worship together and we we're part of some ministries. And I wanted, I wanted a name that represented the kingdom, the kingdom of, of, of heaven, understanding that we are royalty. If we look at um, the passage in Romans, um, like we are co-heirs with Christ. Romans eight fifteen, we're co-heirs with Him. So that means we are part of the kingdom. We are part of the the, the lordship, um, and we're we're grafted into into His family. So the original thought back when I was nineteen twenty years old was to have a music studio called Kings and Queens Productions or really just Kings and Queens. And if, and the music zeitgeist, if you guys are familiar with um, 30 seconds to Mars, they have a song called Kings and Queens, which is, it's not a a spiritual song at all. It's very secular, but listening to that from the lens of a believer, um, I encourage you guys to listen to that and, and, and think about it from the Lord's perspective of, of we are the kings and queens of promise. Um, that really hit home with me at, at that time in my life and um, was looking at other music production companies and, and, and artists and labels. Um, and United Pursuit Band was a big inspiration for me and they started an Indiegogo campaign to help fund their new building they were working out of the bank's house for so many years and had albums released there and worship nights and they had an indiegogo campaign to help build their recording studio and so the heart that i had to seeing that and being a part of that process was like oh, people back things like there's a there's the right heart behind it like people will back this um and it didn't come to fruition um, because I didn't put time into it. I, I let that sit on the shelf and didn't put effort into it like I should have. But that same name, Kings and Queens, I, I wanted something after I graduated, I went freelance. So I wanted that similar name, um, something with royalty um, to be a part of who I was as, as a creator, as a business owner. And there were songs that, that I helped write when I was in high school with the, the worship band I was a part of. There was a song called We Are Born Into Royalty. And just that, that idea and that notion of like, yeah, we're, we're children of the earth. We live here. But we're also children of heaven. And we're born into that royalty. Mm-hmm. We are the rightful heirs of the kingdom of heaven. 
We are kings. We are queens. Mm. We are both the lion and the lamb. We're the lamb that straight away from the 99 that Jesus came back and got. Mm. And we're the dumb sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, yeah, for sure. But we're also the lion that walks through the city now that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and the Lord has given us the authority over the things over the earth. So we have that duality. And that's our identity as as Christians and as believers. So when I created my my first company, um, I called it Royalty Media. Um, and it was a play on my name, Thomas. So it was Royal, R-O-Y-A-L-T, the letter T, media. And I still have that domain, so royaltymedia.com. Go check it out. Um, <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> um, but that was my that was my first company that was my first business and Ellington was the first person I hired um, and worked with and we shot weddings together we shot some commercials and photo shoots together Um, and it's I remember the conversations we had early on too of all right how does royalty media I know that's just a part of me but like how can we get that as like a, a brand thing of both of us. And so we thought about RTE productions, which was rural T and E productions. <laughs> and that sounded just too convoluted and, and messy. And so looking through Instagram, looking through godaddy.com and seeing what, what domains and what companies that had Kings and Queens in their name or had some, something along those lines, we realized Kings and Queens Productions, like nobody's doing that. Which is shocking. Right. Very shocking. And I think definitely the Lord to allow us to be able to um, lock that in. Yeah, um, is is huge. And so we LLC'd as, as Kings and Queens Productions, LLC. Um, and we have a website, kingsandqueenspro.co. It kind of rolls off the tongue. Um, yeah. So kingsandqueenspro.co, if you guys want to go there and check us out, we have kind of a, a, the story behind us. Um, we're going to do kind of an elongated video of the conversation I just yeah. had um, that talks about kind of our, our foundation and, and where this all stemmed from creatively from Ellington's perspective and from my perspective. Um, but it all goes back to... Our walks the Lord independently, mm-hmm. and as musicians, as artists, as videographers, photographers, as models and actors, as people who create things, um, it all comes from the identity of who we are as as, as children of God, yeah. um, and being a part of that kingdom and being a part of that family. Yeah. So Kings and Queens Productions is is that heartbeat. Um, I'm also obsessed with playing cards. I have a small collection. Um, small. Literally. Small. <laughs> it's, I mean. It's almost two rows thick of cards. Yeah, it's about 25 to 30 decks of cards. Decks. I'm, decks of cards. I'm just obsessed with them from the design aspect of it. I, it's my fidget. I I play with them. I shuffle them, spring them, whatever. <laughs> do random card tricks, whatever it is. Um, so I've been obsessed with that for so long. And so our logo is that a playing card king and queen joined together as one. Um, Mm. 
into into one card. Um, yeah. So that's the heart behind it in the in the yeah. short form, if not long form, um, behind Kings and Queens Productions. So yeah, do you want to add anything to that? Um, the one thing I will just add is like when we agreed on the name, um, I had known a little bit about the the story from the back of mm-hmm. you know wanting him wanting to start a. Pro- production studio or um, music studio and all that which is actually kind of funny that we now have, have a music studio that yes um right there <laughs> yeah it's in it's in here so um it's just interesting how like i'll just just want to take this moment to, like thank god for how faithful he yeah, is even sure. when we're not faithful um wow it's he even though we are, at times will forget our dreams he never does and so like for him to actually now bring us into a place where even when we first were doing royalty media right after college, um, it was like freelance stuff. And I was like, dude, like we worked together, like all this stuff. And then he had actually taken the job to go to Winston. And so I was yeah. like, okay, well, um, like I'm super supportive <laughs> of him. Like, obviously like, I was like, dang, that kind of stung a little bit. I thought we was going to do this thing together, you know, but now we, here we are 2022 and we just had our launch of right. the business collectively and to just see where the Lord had taken him and taken me through this whole process of, you know, me being a worship leader, him working in production, him working in different, you know, ad agencies and areas like that. There's so much that he learned mm-hmm. in that, that he would not have gotten in school that right. it's all about the timing being right. Right. And being in a place where it's like, yeah, certain things didn't work out, but did they not work out? Hmm. Did they really not? So it's like. And in the grand scheme of things, too, like three or four years is not. It's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's small. It's very yeah. small. Um, but when you're in the middle of it, don't seem like it. You know, right. where you're at the beginning of it, it's like, Lord, when's this going to come? Like, when's this going to happen? It's like, mm. dang, he's like, just be patient. Like, be like. He he's faithful. <laughs> he's like he's like, can you just sit down and stop throwing a fit? And it's like, dang, all right, yeah. fine. You know, and yeah. I'm not saying that y'all. I'm saying that as a joking way, but like he's got it worked out. And I think that a lot of it does. You know, with us starting this, the scariest part is starting. An idea mm. is the safest thing, and it's comfortable to have wow. an idea. Wow, it's so comfortable. Like. Even in the midst of us doing this, we're only a weekend. Like, there are a lot of things that I'm thinking fearfully about because I'm like, I just don't know. But it's like, okay, that's one check off the list. We at least started. So now we're just going to yep. grow and we're going to go, you well, know. And to that, and I know we, we want to want to keep these podcasts shorter. So we're a little bit longer today, but this mm. is the. This is a year built up of right. stuff. Right. We can go on for hours. Um, but I was talking to my pastor this morning. After service, he just walked up and he goes, you just went in and started the whole company. And I was like, yeah, got to do it. And he goes, some people talk about it. Yeah. Some people talk about ideas and they have these thoughts and you just did it. And I was like, to your point, the hardest thing is to do it. Yeah. Just to start. It's so easy to have an idea. You all have ideas. Mm -hmm. You all want to start your own business. You all want to have your own jewelry company or you all want to have your own clothing line or whatever it is that you've been dreaming of for years. That's the easy part. The hard part is to start it. Mm-hmm. The hard part is to go out and take that first step of faith. Um, 
and what I think for years I've always heard this phrase and faith is saying yes to stuff in the dark mm. <laughs> and trusting that the Lord will bring that to light. Yeah, that's good. And taking that first step in the dark, we don't know. I, I quit my job the day before Thanksgiving. Didn't have a paycheck. Still don't have a paycheck. But <laughs> it's been two months without <laughs> a paycheck. Yeah, the consistency but of trusting all. the Lord that we're doing the right thing. Trusting the Lord that this is what he has called us to do. Um, and just being faithful and yeah. giving the first fruits to him. Mm-hmm. It, it's so, it's freeing, first off extremely terrifying but the hardest part is just to do it and so you just got to do it like it's it's really taking that first step to say no what's the actual tangible steps Mm -hmm. we have meetings every single morning that talk about what's the tangible steps today Mm. that first step is waking up (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is that first step is waking up yeah (laughs) <laughs> that second step is meeting at the kitchen table or, or meeting at the coffee shop or meeting at the office. Or <laughs> That's funny. Um, There's low-key a little bit of shade on me. Look, you know, no, I mean, like, it's fine. It's fine. I was on a production all week. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. All, good. No, yeah, this past week um, has been crazy. We're, we're good. We're, we're working out here. So it's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's the that's the, that's those first steps to actually make it happen. Like, intentionally, intentionally, you need to set time to make your dreams come to reality. Yeah. Um, I mean, so many people on the entrepreneurial kind of zeitgeist and companies and say what you want about Gary Vee or whatever it is, but he has mentioned some stuff about if you put more effort, I don't know if it was Gary Vee or maybe Will Smith or somebody else that said something in the business world that are you work nine to five, what are you doing from five to nine? Mm-hmm. I think, no, The Rock said it. That's was what it, it was. The that Rock sounds like something it. The Rock would say. Or You're Will working Smith. for somebody else from 9 to 5. What are you doing from 5 to 9? Yeah. Yeah. And if that's your, if that's your, your case where you are, is you still have, oh, my excuses. Oh, I'm, I'm working full time at this company. I'm, I just get home and I'm tired. Okay, well, what are you doing 5 to 9? Are you working on your own stuff? Yeah. I think it's the point of being willing to be tired now so mm-hmm. you're not later. And oh, I, saw, I saw something on TikTok. It's my, it's my, I, we're going to get to recommendations at the end of this. <laughs> I'm obsessed with TikTok now. Yeah, he I used hated to hate it before. It. I used to hate Despised it. Despised it. I'm obsessed with it now. You get to just like find your out, I guess find the algorithm. But yeah. there was a TikTok clip that, said if you want to buy things without looking at the price tag, you need to work without looking at the clock. Ooh. Ooh, that's heavy. <laughs> Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. That even goes for weekends too, because most people's default saying. is like, oh, it's the weekend, I'm chilling. It's like no, and I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Like I'm I'm oh, just saying for that for sure. I'm like, oh man, it's the weekend. It's not an actual work day. I like, woke up at ten chilling. o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know when I No, I had to go in early. But the problem was I went to bed way too late. Yeah, we're we not going to talk about that. 
the birds was chirping when I was laying my head on my pillow. But facts. We so uh, anyways, there is sacrifice. Now I will say we were working though. We were working uh, with an, I was working with another artist and all that stuff. He was sleep. I was still trying to get the stuff done. <laughs> um, but to your point, that is like that's really good. There's actually a guy that's kind of funny. I'm not going to – I don't know his name. Which I don't know his name matter. either. I have no idea. Um, but there's a dude that came into Lululemon and, and dropped, like, 1700 and literally, like, mm-hmm. didn't even look at the thing, didn't look at the amount. He put the card in, kept talking like it one night, and I was like, you just dropped seventeen. And I know maybe some of y'all listening can do that. But – when I say you, you drop. At your boy. <laughs> right, we accept donations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, when I <laughs> we do. I mean, if if the Lord puts it on your heart, <laughs> I am not gonna block a blessing. I will say that. Um, but to like, it's it was just an interesting to me that it's like you know Facts. there are people in the in you know this world that drop that kind of money on clothes, and I'm like, right. bro, like. People don't even pay that for rent. Like, you dropped it on a couple of outfits, you know, or, or whatever. And it's just like, it, it didn't matter. And right. and I'm not saying that, okay, when you, once you get a little bit of money, you're able to do that. That that's something that should happen every day. But it's also like, there's a di- like having <laughs> financial freedom exactly. um, is, is the goal, you know. And um, being able to help just as much as you're able to do fun things for yourself, for your family, or your friends, and all that. So, um yeah, that's that's my heart behind it. We could we could have a whole topic about money too. Yeah, later, what's yeah? Well, we have intention this this year, and um, I'm not huge on resolutions, but I am big on setting vision. Yeah, um, and being intentional about vision for for the upcoming year, for upcoming seasons, just life in general. Um, and so I. I want to make this a priority. Mm-hmm. If this is another facet of Kings and Queens Productions, like let's put time and effort into it and intentionality. Um, and with that being said, like we have a goal to not do just five podcasts in 2022. <laughs> um, like we want to do more of these and have them consistently. And so we'll, we'll talk about dating. We'll talk about owning the house, what that process was like for me and buying a house. We'll talk about, starting the business and the entrepreneurial side of that and the legal side of taxes and LLC and, and copywriting and all of those things and owning the clothing company. And we'll talk about entrepreneurship. We'll talk about all of these things um, this year because I think it's important to, like the title of, of this podcast, what does it look like through the lens of a believer to mm-hmm. do X, Y, and Z? Because we talked about acts this morning in church. And the people that just sold everything in their life together and they broke bread. And in the back of my mind, I was like, how easy would that be? To sell everything and just like commune to people and just break bread and do life. But the reality of the situation is I have a mortgage. <laughs> I got bills. I have these things that I have to do. So what does that look like in 2022 as a 26 going on 27, as a 27 going on 28 man? What does that look like? 
How does being a Christian in 2022, what does that look like on the day-to-day of owning the business, of having employees, of having a partnership, of splitting things, of, of owning the house, of owning cars and being financially secure and financial investments and what do you do? Like what is stocks? What is stocks? What is NFTs? What is, I don't <laughs> even know what the metaverse is, but what yeah. is like, how does, how does that fit into our Christian walk? Um, yeah. So that's what we're going to do this year. Um, we're not going to take too much time, um, but as we do close this out, Ellington, what are your recommendations for these lovely listeners um, this week? Any recommendations for these people? Hmm. Well, this is my number one recommendation based off of what we just talked about. I just want to tie it in. Um, Dust off the old dreams that you have. Like, Mm -hmm. dust them off. You know, it just kind of makes me think of the picture of, like, obviously you have Christmas when you're a kid and you get these little toys and all these things. And... At a certain point in your life, you outgrow them. Kind of like Toy Story, if y'all have seen that. You outgrow them and you put them in a box or you put them up on a shelf or whatever it is. And it's like, I just challenge each of you listening to dust off whatever that may be for you. Um, The thing that gave you a lot of joy even thinking about having the moment to, in a sense, if if it was a toy or whatever, to like play with it, like, just that that thing like that you had joy thinking about when you ran off the bus or got out of the car to go home after school to be like oh i get to go play with woody and buzz or i get to whatever it is like if you have dreams that were like that i just challenge you and recommend that you dust them off because like we said before the hardest part is starting Mm -hmm. the hardest part is starting so if you can dust them off and you can polish them up a, a bit I think that there's going to be a lot of value and growth that comes out of that if you just take the um, chance to start mm-hmm. and commit to it. So That's huge. Um, my recommendation, something that I need to practice myself, um, but is start writing things down. I write lists and to-dos every single day because my brain works. But to your point about dusting things off, I have forgotten my journals. I've forgotten writing down prayers. I've forgotten writing down dreams. I've forgotten writing down my conversations with the Lord. And even writing my to-do list down every single morning, I find a sense of not just accomplishment, but it holds myself accountable. So... My recommendation, journal. My recommendation is to start writing things down. Um, it's a challenge for me, again, to do that as well, not just in my daily to-dos, but writing down visions, writing down dreams, writing down thoughts and questions, um, prayers, writing down notes from meetings, that's a, a that's a that's a huge thing on business meetings of like yeah I can I have a good memory I can remember it <laughs> writing them down though keeps it accountable yeah. um, keeps yourself accountable keeps other people accountable um, and you can revert back to it 
Yeah. And it keeps um, that conversation or, or that thought or that song um, or that lyric or that line or that melody, whatever it is, write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, on a less spiritual level, um, do you have any music recommendations for people? Mr. Sir Ellington. Yeah, the, the EP I'm going to drop, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm not kidding, but I'm also kidding. Look out kidding. for it in it's, a month. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's coming out. It's almost, it's literally almost finalized. It's been delayed for a couple of months due to life changes and different things like that. But um, besides that one, um, music recommendations, I don't know. What have I been bumping recently? I feel like my music taste has been all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Look at my Spotify real fast. Yeah, I honestly, I can't. I don't know. I feel like I low-key have been going back to older songs. I was listening to Dave Matthews the other day. Um, went back to listening to that, and I was just like, yo, I really miss, like, some Dave. Or even, some like. Crash? Yeah. Crash. Yeah, dun, dude. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. So, like, really good. Really good stuff. Or Dancing Nancy's, like the. Ooh. That um the acoustic version is really really dope, um but yeah I think I just kind of been listening to older like songs that I used to listen to a while ago. Oh, Love I know that. who it is. Go ahead, Alan Stone. That's I was just mm. gonna say that mm. Alan Stone's like most mm, recent remake of an yeah album. yeah mm. just yeah go ahead and allow that to bless your ears. Um, that's so good. It's so good. That's so good. <laughs> so yeah, that one. Yeah. Kind of on a similar note, there's a band called Nightly um, that is just incredible. Um, but my recommendation is not Nightly, but it's kind of in the line of Valenstone. Um, there's a is an artist called Mokita, M-O-K-I-T-A. Um, and the song that he has or they have out is called Sleepwalking. Um, I encourage you to listen to that. It's kind of sad, but... <laughs> It's a beautiful song, um, and something that I have been listening to probably the past couple months, um, just as a inspiration, musically and artistically. So, music recommendations, life recommendations. Again, my name is Thomas, and I'm Ellingson. And this is Life Through the Lens of Believer. It is. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. Deuces. Peace, love, and chicken grease. Why, as I like to say, peace in the Middle East, because there's not much of that going on right now. Peace, love, and chicken grease. I've heard that before, and I thought it was funny. Peace, love, and chicken grease. Because usually when you got chicken grease, you got good chicken. Hopefully. <laughs> chicken thighs, too. Chicken they get thighs. more flavor. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not the chicken breast is dry. Mm-mm, can't do it. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. All right, y'all. <laughs> love y'all. <laughs>